0: There we started a new series. You're taking us through the book of the Acts of the Apostles, and we were talking about the opening verses. And you described the group of disciples uh, who were men who meant well, and then they were turned into men who did well after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, they had to wait to be baptized in the Spirit, and that's where we pick up the story today, Colin. Jesus promised that this would, um, this would happen, this baptism of the Holy Spirit, Uh, once he had returned to heaven. That didn't happen immediately, as we shall see. We are going to see today what it really means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, beginning with what happened to those first believers. So I'm going to read the opening verses of Acts 2, which will be very familiar to many listeners, but very, very important for us to Okay, let's pause there. What is the significance of this? When the Spirit of God came upon Jesus at the outset of his ministry, he came as a dove. There was nothing in Jesus that would resist the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit could just come upon him in what is really the symbol of peace. The first believers, the 120 that were gathered together in the house in in Jerusalem, for them, the experience was very, very different. The Spirit came not as a dove, but with a strong, violent wind. Not a gentle breeze, but a violent wind. Uh, Just three or four months ago, Uh, in one of the meetings that we were having at Kingdom Faith, we had this experience of the Spirit coming and blowing like a violent wind. And it happened on an evening when it was absolutely calm. It wasn't a a natural wind at all, a supernatural wind. So the Holy Spirit can come, not just um, like a dove. And Jesus is the only one, in scripture where it's recorded that he came, that the Spirit came upon him as a dove. But here the disciples and the others with them had this experience of this violent wind. Now they'd been meeting together for the 10 days since Jesus had ascended before this event took place. They'd been coming together to pray. And I personally think that what was happening during that time was that God was preparing them for this mighty event. They are very, very different people in the Acts of the Apostles than the disciples we read about in the Gospels. And I believe that a lot of the tensions that clearly existed among them while Jesus was on earth, those tensions were being resolved. The jealousies and divisions amongst them were being reconciled Um, You know, when people really begin to repent and seek God seriously, he shows them the things that need to be put right in relation to himself, but he also shows them the things that need to be put right in relation to other people. So I think probably during those 10 days of prayer, a lot of this sorting out and sifting out and refining was taking place ready for this tremendous event of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Connie, you said that there was nothing in Jesus that resisted the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you think there was this aspect to it as well, that they had to be ready to receive the Holy Spirit and not resist him? Because we can do that, can't we? Yes, but uh, you you know, it doesn't matter how how much uh, we prepare, there isn't the same sort of perfection in our lives as was in Jesus. We need the Spirit to come and blow through our lives, and in a sense to blow out of our lives everything and anything that isn't of God. So I think, you know, I see this real distinction, this difference uh, that is needed. But also these disciples needed to know that the power of God was coming upon them uh, in a mighty way to empower them for the ministry uh, that they were called to by Jesus. But of course it wasn't just as a mighty wing. There were also the tongues of fire which separated and came to rest on each of them. Very difficult for us to imagine exactly um, uh, you know, how, how this worked. But you see, the, the Holy Spirit is not only wind, he is fire. Now, I'm, I'm an artist. Uh, and two of the things you cannot paint are wind and fire. You will hardly ever see, a, well, you can't see uh, a painting of wind. You can see the effects of wind, trees bending over and all the rest, and you will hardly ever see a really good, valid painting of fire. Uh, It's just an extraordinarily difficult thing to paint for some reason. And it's almost as if you see these images of the Holy Spirit uh, are indescribable. You know, you almost can't represent them. Uh, that God is doing something that is so mighty. It's difficult to picture it. It's difficult to explain it. You can only experience it. Because what is happening here is a very definite event. And as a result of this coming of this wind and fire, the scripture says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting what happened when this event occurred, because they began to speak in languages that they had never learned, but languages that the Spirit enabled them, gave to them to speak. Now, of course, this raises the question, well, why was this necessary? The answer to that is actually very simple. Something very powerful, something divine, something from God was happening to them, something that filled them with such praise for God, they could not find sufficient words to explain it. You can't describe it, you can't explain it, and the Holy Spirit now living in them has to express himself through them, not to be limited by their language, or by their own thinking, but the, the Holy Spirit is the supernatural presence and power of God in the believer. So it's not extraordinary that as soon as the Spirit comes, something supernatural, something powerful, something of the Spirit expressing his own presence in the believer takes place. And I'm sure many, many people uh, listening, speak in tongues, and will know that when you do this, you just know somehow that the Spirit of God within you is expressing to the Lord what needs to be said. And you cannot find words to say. Uh, he can even pray through you beyond your understanding, because our understanding is limited. But the understanding of the Spirit within us isn't. And you see, I believe that this particular event happened in the way that it did right at the beginning, because what God was really saying to these first apostles and the others with them is you are now entering into another spiritual dimension where I am going to work in you and through you beyond reason, beyond your understanding, beyond any of the abilities that you have had in the past. It is my spirit working in you and through you, which is going to enable you to fulfill the commission that I have called you to, which, as we saw yesterday, was to take the gospel of the kingdom out into the world. And that's immediately what happened. And that's immediately what happened. Uh, they were probably in a house somewhere in the crowded streets of Jerusalem. Uh, the house, the room where they were, was too small to contain them. You know, they were just overflowing. So... They would have spilled out into the streets, and probably they were making their way to the temple, you see, where, which would be the, the obvious place for them to go and praise God and worship God together. Uh, but as they went, you see, here was this extraordinary sight of these men, clearly with the power of God upon them, and all of them speaking Uh, just praising God in all these different languages. And because it was a festival, uh, the city was full of people from many different nations, Jews from many different nations, who would speak a whole series of languages. And the crowd must have gathered on the steps leading up to the temple, because that was the only place really big enough. And uh, Peter and the others, probably standing on the steps there, began to preach to the crowd. And It's not an extraordinary sermon when you read what uh, Peter says, but he is saying this which you see and hear is the fulfillment of what was prophesied. In other words, God is doing now what he prophesied through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So you see, uh, God was promising hundreds of years before this event that something was going to happen that would suddenly take his people into a whole new different dimension of spiritual life and activity. And it is this event, therefore, that marks the beginning of the church, because that is what the church is supposed to be, the people of God who are proclaiming the presence, the life, and the power of God's kingdom here on earth in the power of the Holy Spirit, living in the supernatural activity of God, living in a realm that is far beyond the natural realm in which